0: From a competition to a pleasure run, and all of the stops in between, we cover all here at Coon Hunting Media. all right everyone welcome back to another coon hunt media podcast episode i'm your host kyle oakes and i'm joined with johnny and jason and we've got a very very special guest for y'all today and a very well-known guy my good friend mr caleb griffin how's it going buddy
1: i'm doing real good man how are y'all doing
0: good good
2: good to have you here
0: doing very well
1: likewise likewise good to be here
0: been excited for this ain't y'all
2: yes i am yes it's gonna be fun
0: i guess we'll just dive just straight into this thing and uh Caleb, just tell us all the listeners where you started and and I guess it started in competition hunting and just your starting coon hunting in general.
1: Um well I've had dogs pretty much my whole life. I had um bear dogs and coon dogs when I was younger and I always trained them, always loved it. Um rabbit dogs. I even did a little bird I had a bird dog did duck hunting with retrievers and everything. Um Coming on up through there, I had, always had coon dogs, but I never really made it past the $25 level. I just kind of stuck around the house. I had a little walker female I trained and hunted. And, and then I had a couple walker males I trained and hunted. I'm finished some night champion, but that's about as far as it went. And, um, and then I went in the military and I was in the Marine Corps for about 10 years and I contracted for a couple of years and, um, in amongst that time, I bear hunted a little bit and hog hunted, and um, just when I was home on leave and stuff like that, I'd, I'd try to take my leave when I wasn't in Iraq or Afghanistan, I'd try to take my leaves during bear season, and then uh, I come out of the military when I retired, and I had bought me a whole bunch of bear dogs, and I started, went on kind of binge hunting, but I did, I was bear hunting and I hunted from Canada all the way down to Florida.
3: Oh, wow. And,
1: uh, yeah, I I kept a pack of bear dogs for a long time, for a lot of years. And then I went them. and around that time I'd used my job bill and I went back to Clemson University and, um, I didn't have time to hunt. So I sold my bear dogs. And when I finished and graduated with my degree, my buddy, Wes Handy, he had bought a dog named bad habit, little Sambo.
3: Very well known. His name, was,
1: his name was Hat Creek Little Sambo at the time, and um, they changed his name later on to Bad Habit Sambo. And Wes, Wes was like my big brother growing up. I remember when uh, when Wes was working outages and everything for the the nuclear power plant. When I was a kid, I used to keep his dogs hunted in shape for him while he was gone, because he's you know he's a few say a lot older than me, and um, so he got this. He said, "I got a new coon dog. I want you to look," and um we went hunting up on a mountain and I'm sure my mountains kind of like your mountains. We thin on coons up here. Right. And, um, <laughs> old Sam was just treating coons where well, they shouldn't have been no coons. I mean, I <laughs> treat nine singles with him one night on government. land. I'm like, good Lord have mercy. I've never seen nothing in my life like this. And, um, I, I was working with two Walker dogs at the time. I was trying to take my pick of the litter or pick of the ones I wanted at the time. And after that first night hunt with Sambo and he was 16 months, 17 months old at the time, the next day, I just gave him dogs away. I had. <laughs> I was like, "Never mind." I said, like, "This ain't these ain't working. I ain't, I ain't need no point. This pup done prove. You know, he doesn't showed me up. I don't want to have nothing to do with this trash." <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: And um, then Wes went on, and once we hunted him up, and he, um, Old Sam won super stakes that year. Uh, went to the truck hunt, and then, um, I don't know. I was still playing around with bear hunting a little bit of time and everything and
0: then was your uh he, was your bear dogs were they walkers uh, plots or what what kind of breed were plot they dogs plots. yes
1: sir oh, well, yes yes sir from gene hicks hicks bred plot dogs York, or around tennessee up there
0: that's just right around our that's just right around our area
1: yes sir i had to, I, I had to, i had old a uh, female walker that was all we called her an old hammer bitch she was off of Stout harry's hammer and um she could rig a bear track with me riding fifty mile an hour down the road. Oh wow. Oh yeah. She she but she was a wind striker. She was a wind striker or a track striker. It didn't matter to her. You just had to kinda of trust the way she barked. But I had two plot dogs and one and then I had another one that was a millennium bread plot dog from out in the midwest. And um Remember that, they had some guns, I'm telling you right now, Forrest, he was my Hicks bread plot. Sam was my Millennium Bread plot. When they struck, you was you was driving within fifty yards of that track. Oh, wow. You could you drive up 50, 60 yards, they shut up. You put it in reverse back, and they'd strike, and then they'd shut up when you got past. They pinpoint strike dogs. Those good ones. Um, I mean, I think, good Lord, i I treat something like 70-something bear with them one spring and summer.
0: Good wow. Lord. I don't know nothing about bear hunt. That sounds like bear a night. lot to me.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I bear hunted like, you know, you just run bear dogs, just just like you could hunt.
2: Right. So if, if, People you, t- if you had to pick, uh, what would you – What's more fun, coon hunting or coon bear hunt. hunting? You're Comp- the competition coon hunting.
1: And it, well, here, and here's the reason for that. In bear hunting, you never prestige. You get a good pack of dogs, by the time you get a good they're good and going, here comes the vet deals, then they get hurt on a big old rough bear. And then, and then your packs kind of broke down, and then, you know, you get them back up, and then something else will happen, and you never get a chance to prestige with it. And you liable to train, and train a whole pack of bear dogs and hunt them every day, every night, and have them in shape. And then it turned off a dry fall around October and you're not getting no rain. And then you can't strike a track. You can't run a track cause it's the dry. Okay. And, um, competition hunt kind of let you, let me, gave me the edge to where I could focus on one dog, put all the drive and skill into one dog and then have a chance to see if it paid off, you know, just see where he stands at amongst the other. And that, that's what gives me my drive for.
2: I got, Hey, before we go any farther, uh, Thank you for your service. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah thank, thank you for thank that. Thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. It's paid bills. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what keeps <laughs> us able to do what we want to do. I, I
1: complained about it for years. I
2: was like, man, <laughs> my life
1: sucks. I wouldn't marry the time i have I was always either going to Iraq or Afghanistan. I was like, man, my life sucks. <laughs> now I look back at it and I said, well, good. I can't complain too much. I was in my late 20s and they gave me a full 20-year retirement. Well, you know, medical and dental benefits covered and everything for life. I was like, I can't complain. I my one bit. <laughs> and, uh, you you definitely deserve it. it.
0: You earned it. Yeah, you deserve so. it.
4: I got a cousin done the same thing. He just got out. Uh, he lives over in South Carolina also. He just got out of the Air Force in March well, of last year. He had... 20 in and i i kind of look at him i said man you got it made And i said well he's been in the desert seven times i never had to go so like i told him i said you learned every
1: bit of it oh yeah it's you earn your paycheck because you you work off minimum wage pretty much but it's good it's good some of the best times of my life some of the best lessons i've ever learned in my life come from the military i wouldn't trade it for a thing in the world
0: we got you but but i guess uh You kind of gave us a little rundown of your start with uh, dog hunting and stuff. So when did you start dabbling into the competitions?
1: Uh, Recently or when I was a kid?
0: Just when you was a kid?
1: Um, When I was a teenager. We had a local hunt in my town, a local club, and um, a couple of local clubs right now. I live on the Georgia-North Carolina line. I can go 30 minutes one way and be in Georgia, go 30 minutes another way and be in North Carolina. And um, so I I had the opportunity to hunt all three states pretty regularly. And um I just go to the local clubs and and back then God I I, I hate it. We just talked about it a while ago. It was that bucket bump crap. I hate bucket bumping. You know, it was a shotgun race to see how fast you could call your dog, <laughs> struck <laughs> tree. They were nobody heard anything about recutting, and if you had an independent dog, ain't nobody wanted that trash.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's trash back then.
2: <laughs> times yeah. times have changed. That's a lot. That's I sure. I'm thankful for it. I love it.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on that. So I guess but you, you my, went from that. that you step. Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. I would go ahead.
0: So I guess you you said when you was a kid you started in that. Then I guess you probably took a break when you started the military.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wasn't able to hunt. I wasn't able to have dogs or anything. My oldest dog died when I was in Iraq, and she was 14 years old at the time. And um, my, I don't know I remember I called my mom and dad and one time check on them. They told me they buried her in their face. But, uh, that was, um, yeah, I didn't have much kind of fell off the dogs after that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really get, when I got out of the military, I got me, started building my pack up and, um, then there was this one day on January, I'll never forget it. it was January 29th. Um, there was a, like a, a pup off that old hammer female that I had had my buddy Mark Sanford lived on the mountain. He had, had that, a male bear dog up there and um i went up there to his house to check on to look at it and i go up there to his house it was pouring down rain and i look up and there's this dang dog up there looks like a big beagle little old pup and everything like that he's and he's
3: just
1: you know just barking and everything i said said, god i like that dog and he just kind of looked at me and i called mark up i said what about this little puppy up here he said that's like i said that I've been calling him. He looks like one of them old preacher bred dogs. And everything like that, he said, e- that's Elliot Shulers. Huh. He said, he's off Sam. I said, oh, heck. I said, well, I want him. He said, well, let me ask Elliot. And he talked to Elliot. Elliot told me, he said, yeah. He said, I'll sell him. He said, I don't need him. I got the whole litter. He said, I just sent that up there because we, you know, we weaned the pups. And I trying to get the litter spread out throughout the state to see how the pups do. Starting and everything right i was like well i like that dog i said i don't care i'll make him a house dog nothing else he's just pretty i took him i brought him home and he was five months old and that night i, I couldn't do nothing I and mean, he was a friendly dog you know he wouldn't they wouldn't be a skittish thing on him he just nothing in this world scared him and that night i was sitting there i was like man i'm gonna take this little dog hunt I, I just want to see what he'll do just last night and i went over here next to the lake, around the house, and i got on a big old oak ridge and i turned this dog loose and he's like a beagle he was running down through the leaves snorting just smelling i'd never seen a dog that had never been hunted out a lot and out of the kennel a day in his life just go to hunt like that just wanting to, <laughs> want to run and he goes down through there and he barks twice and when he starts barking heck i'm i'm trying to get my garment together because i hadn't been you know i hadn't hunted in a couple you know a long time so i'm trying to get my vest on and all my crap together and all my rifle and i was like man this dog done barking in here i don't know what he's running and uh, he starts giving these funny barks off and they're real funny long barks and i knew what it was it was trying to, he was trying to locate you right. know he just didn't know what he was doing and i grabbed my rifle and i run off down through the woods and i get to that tree by the time he comes off because look at me and i talk him back up and there's a coon sitting up there <laughs> A luckiest tree I've ever made in my life, but I rolled that coon out with that joker, and um, man, I I I got the bug again, and me and him went to hunting, and I mean I hunted him seven nights a week. We hunted six hours a night, seven nights a week for three hundred and sixty days that year, uh, three hundred sixty-two nights. I'm sorry, that my first year, three hundred sixty-two nights. I hunted that dog, and hunted that dog, and I never hunted him with another dog. It was just by itself. And um, and we we put a hurting on them coons on that mountain that last few months of the season.
0: He just appeared natural.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now he wasn't no natural coon though. He'd run anything; it'd run from him. <laughs> oh, we, we went through deer, bear, possum, skunks. It didn't matter to him if it run from him; he was going to run it.
2: I've done uh, that um, before. But,
1: uh, he he kind of broke himself for the most part. I had a problem with possums. We didn't have many armadillos, you know, five years ago around here, not near as many as we do now, so that's become a nuisance in the past five years. Yeah, he kind of broke himself off, off of a lot of the trash. And then um, my first competition hunt I ever took him to, it was a CHKC world hunt they had in Paris, Tennessee. And um, I entered in for three nights of it. And I'd never put him in any type of competition hunt, but I did and like, my buddy was like, why in the world are you going up there? To the day? I said, like, because I want to see what the dogs are. I want to see what kind of dogs they got up there. I want to see what I need to work on. Right. And that first night I drew Travis Tate. He was hunting Trigger Man dog that Jake Moore had that got run over. The Ashley not on. Uh, I drew Michael Moody. And he was hunting Moby Jr. And some other guy. And I got my guts beat in.
0: Well, you got used to <laughs> two legends right there.
1: Oh. oh yeah i mean i'm talking about my dog had never been in the woods with other dogs he didn't know how to act he didn't know if he wanted to fight or run or just look up at me and i had the 15 get put on me because my dog just wouldn't didn't want to hunt and then he'd go hunting and he'd treat in a tree we'd already scored it was just <laughs> it was it was a
2: it was a learning curve how
0: was preacher then year and a half year and a half still a puppy
2: so, so well, how, how often would a man get lucky enough to Grab a puppy, just by seeing him that one time, and then him go triathlon with him the first time, and then turn into what he has. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I <not gonna> <laughs> used no. I used I used, used my
1: horseshoe up for my lifetime, and, <laughs> and I'm okay lives. with that. I'll probably I'll never own another one, probably, but it's and it's okay. But you um, it worked out.
0: So I guess after that, you uh, seen you had to work on him, and what was well. Go
1: ahead. No, go ahead.
0: I guess so. What was your first, I guess, big win with you, Preacher? Because he's had multiple.
1: And- yeah. Um. Well, if I went to a hunt one Friday night over in Georgia, it was a little UKC, you know, open event, and then the next night they had a RPQE on a Saturday night at a different club right there in Georgia. Well, I went there to that first hunt. And I I got me a win. I said, Heck yeah! And I went the next night to an RQE and I got me another win. I said, well, and I didn't know what R, you know, I, I I knew kind of what RQE was, but I didn't really care. And I was like, well, I'm going to make him a night champion. <laughs> and then I just started, I mean, the more hunts I put him in, he got to where he could read a scorecard better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that hey, something going to just he found out, he learned how to win. He just, he knew, if he knew how to stay within here and of them other dogs. So I, he would never be out of here. Completely of me, he wouldn't out hunt us here too much. Sometimes he does. Most of the time, he'll circle back in there where you you know he'll be within nine hundred thousand yards of. It. But um, and he just knew how to. He just knew when he needed. I, I treat. I've won so many hunts with dang ten seconds left to go in a hunt.
0: It's amazing so, how the dog just know that, and they just, just it's can read them scorecard. It's that's amazing. And he
1: could he he got to where he could treat coons off coons, but when he got to where he really. You know, I started hunting. him. I'd hunt him after daylight a lot of times, on them cold mornings. And I'd, I'd treat coons all the way to 9.30 in the morning. You know, I'd treat them from 5 o'clock in the morning to 9.30 in the morning. And you want to put test your dog's metal to see if it's a good layup dog. I know a lot. Of, I've heard people say they don't believe in lo- what layups are. They, yada, 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 yada. I don't, I've don't. witnessed it. I've seen them. <laughs> They're getting them coons a ball up in them forks and them oak trees and they'll sun all day. And then they won't move to them on over in the night whenever they wake up. You know, I have seen it. You have too, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But um, you know, you hunt them coons on them frosty mornings like that
2: and that's you yeah. can hone in on the dog on them layups.
0: Yeah, there is no tracks on the ground then.
2: No. No. No, and I, I don't. would I would also bet there's not one in five hundred hunters that would put that effort in though to go out and do that in the morning. Like No, it's it's cold. It, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's what wins them late rounds.
0: That's what sets apart good from great.
1: That's exactly right. And um, he got to where he could tree them them layups and be just deadly accurate. I mean, I, I think I went one time – oh, Lord. I went to 60, 68 trees and seen 66 coons. And, uh, I mean, that's
0: <laughs>
2: – that is.
0: I'm going to make a wild statement and say that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't well, – I always I say I'm pretty good at math. That's a pretty high percentage. <laughs> yeah, he had,
1: he, that song gun was, he was deadly accurate. And I also learned something about him. A preacher taught me something. People, you don't tree near many, as many den trees as people think you do. Right. You know, you'll tree on them den trees sometimes. Or a lot of times I'll tree, you'll tree on them. i tree on den trees a lot of times if I'm absolutely burning a coon up. Like if I'm running, if they run him like i trying to catch him. Most of the time that can will stretch out other and go back to a den tree. Yeah. Um, other times than that, but lot, I see a lot of people treeing two or three den trees a night, and I said, man, i i tried to. I was like, hey, check it for flying squirrels or backtrack. But you
0: know. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. Yeah, most uh, of
4: the, most of the dens you do tree. I mean. Well, ours, uh, like you said, they're burning them through, and you can look at you can look at each other and say that. Is going to ground to the ground, or to a ground, going to a a a hole in the
1: ground, or a dead tree, yes, sir. Just
4: by by the speed they're, they're carrying that track through
1: there. I've turned loose, and I've had a I, it, it It makes me so mad. I did it the other night with my puppy off preaching. Boy, he struck him a track. And he was a looking at it, and I mean, he was driving it every breath. I mean, he was just screaming at track. And I was like, "Please climb, please climb here." Just a second, higher.
3: Whoa, whoa. Well, up underneath the creek,
4: man. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about that is, uh, that that scenario is, I mean, I don't know how you are, but I don't want mine to stay put in that track. Because if no, you stay sir. put in that track, then somebody else is scoring a coon. So you got to go over and either you just burn that coon in there, yep. Switch him and say no, we don't want that. And then
1: nope. I if, don't do holes. I don't care <laughs> no. if I'm tuning
2: in there or not. I don't do Unless you can sit there and look at him and show it to me right there, I don't do holes.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, that's, you're like the saying, way. I ain't I, walking in no hole in the mountain.
2: Years ago, Johnny and I, uh, the old host dog we had, we I about really messed up like that one that was on the lake hunting and burned one like that red hot and it got treed. And we started to the dogs. We started down the hill and got deeper and deeper. And I was like, boys, we're about to run out of woods. We're about to at the lake. Sure enough, we got down there and the water was down and he was up under a rock. And they all went to catching dogs and I went straight to start cutting a switch. And one of the one of our buddies was hunting with us. He, he said, well, let me look. And he reached down and stuck his head under the rock and that thing was biting him right in the face. <laughs> I, I said, okay, I'll let that one slide. But I was about to really mess up because he was looking at it oh man it's it's something now i'm i
1: but I hate that and I hate it all like like I got another dog named Blueberry he's a half brother to preacher Blueberry's a good dog he don't hunt out deep, but you can't you can't do no kind of correcting if I were to break a switch now I can take preacher, I can switch him and he just begged me for more you,
3: know, <laughs> you can't I mean
1: you, you can't he he could take a take a lick to keep on the ticket but blueberry. You know, he's always been like that since his birth. You try to switch him a little bit, and he's going to lock down on you. You try to shock him, he's really going to lock down on you. So I got to – he's not a competition dog. He's just – he's my little boy's dog, and he goes trees a coon every time you turn him loose, but he's just not – he likes to – he's got too big of ears. He likes to buddy-buddy with too much stuff from the woods.
0: Yeah, I like how you touched on that about as far as he can't take a whole, a whole lot of correction – and that's another thing. There's very, 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 very few dogs out there that are born and bred natural comp dogs that, uh, you, right. that you ain't got to just barely tune on. And it takes them dogs that can take a little bit of correction that you can tune on that makes them exceptional coon, uh, competition dogs. That's right. But
1: uh, Old Preacher, he had a rough life, though. I mean, he got that full dog. He got shot to whoop so much. I, like <laughs> I don't do it no more on him, <laughs> but he's... he's I thought
4: I had him (laughs) bulletproof. Nah. Outlaw Light Company, owned by Alan Roberts. Located in 10 Mile, Tennessee. 25 years of light building experience. With the newest addition to their lineup, the Ace Pro. They are constantly striving for the best parts. The Ace Pro has better switches and batteries, and it has the option of double walk light and two additional color modules main beam and a green laser. Or a single walk light with three color modules main beam and a green laser. All their lights are known for dependability and extreme brightness. Contact Outlaw Lights for their complete light selection. Their direct business number is 423-453-8813. The Ace Pro. Delight with a lifetime warranty.
2: Briar Creek Kennels. Feed and Hunting Supply Store. Owned by Chris Gerth. Located in Hemera, Indiana. Briar Creek carries all your pet supplies and is the headquarters for all your hunting dog gear. Never get caught in the dark. They carry Outlaw Lights, Superior Lights, and their own Briar Creek Light brand. They are an authorized Garmin and Dogtra dealer. They offer hunting apparel by Yoder Nylon, Southside Hunting Gear, Dan's, Razor, and their own Briar Creek branded gear. Dog boxes include Old Dry Pond and Diamond Deluxe. AGM thermals, engraved nameplates, dog collars, and leads are just a few of the many other offerings you can get from Briar Creek. Visit the store in person or shop online at www.shopbriarcreek.com or check them out at the major events. Their direct business number is 812-383-9489 briar creek kennels feed and hunting supply store
0: all right everyone we are back and uh sitting here taking a short break we started uh, having a conversation and johnny started taking off so we, figured we better start recording so you can go ahead and dive right back into that conversation johnny
4: okay uh, i asked uh caleb about when he figured out he, t- he made a mention there a little earlier about a dog working back in and uh tree and coons off of coons, and then that where we live at uh Mark vananderveder made a mention of it the other day too said his dog would come in and find another track that would that was there uh, off of somebody else's coon and tree that coon a lot of times uh, we don't have a lot of that here; I mean that's just the way we are, but uh, when did you first notice that he had the ability to come back in, get another track off a of track and and be really special in that aspect?
1: Well, I never really worried about him covering anything because I I mean, he's six years old and I count the times on one hand he's ever covered enough dog. Um, he's always been like that. He, He's always been quiet. I've never, he's always kind of been independent. I built off that independence and, and bumped him off. And me and my, I had a buddy of mine named Justin Collins right up here in Georgia. And, um, he and I, we, you know, when we brought, we, when we brought him up through the ranks together, you know, front a uh, night champion a PKC champion and everything else um me and him would hunt together all the time and we we'd make sure we cut those dogs together or send try to send them off to we did all sorts of stuff we'd we'd send them opposite ways we'd turn one dog loose and let it get struck turn that other dog loose right kind of catty corner to it and if that dog ever made a a veer gonna occur, come into we you know we send it made it want to be in any place but that direction um we built off that but um Preacher, uh, he had that. Where I found out he had that ability is I, t- I used to do something and I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I just kind of made it up in my head, and just it seemed like a good idea at the time. But I believe it was overlooked, and it's something that I use a lot today. And now I, you know, and it's secrets or whatever else. If it can help somebody else, that's that's good. If you ever hunting in tree, and you shine on down through them trees on down a holler or on a ridge. And you know how you'll see another coon sitting out, yonder,
3: Yeah.
1: And a tree way out, yonder, seeing something else. You, you know, coons kind of move in and You kind of, you'll have a pocket of coons, you know, every so often in the woods. And there'll be two or three up this holler or whatever else. Well, if you have a tree that one and you look down through, you and you see another one, don't walk a minute. Don't walk, nothing. just cut that dog straight off that tree and send him that way toward that other coon down through, yonder. Sometimes they hit them, Sometimes they don't. But if you catch, get a dog, especially during sound, kitten times, where you see them kittens line up down through yonder, if you cut that dog toward him, get that dog toward it, they'll tree a whole bunch, you know, tree two or three of them as it's going out and tree all the coons in the area and then move out and find different ground. Right. That's all. That's that
4: point. worked out with me. Yeah, I'm I, 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 I I'm going to say something about one of the dogs that we got here. Me and Kyle was a uh, competition one night, and we'd made a – made a tree and a walker dog was treed uh, left-handed of us and our dog was over it was treed about 50 yards away from her and there was a little old creek there and she had a cone he had a cone mm-hmm. and then we turned around and we cut them dogs off of it and he turned around and went straight back and i took the cow and i said what is that dog doing i said i don't understand Cow said well I, I don't know what he's doing we'll have to work on that and he went down there and went went straight back to that creek we thought he was going back to the tree i thought he was going back to that tree and he circled back around behind us went straight back to that creek and struck off that tre- creek drove it in there i don't know pretty good ways and then come up treed with it and i yep. and i was mad i was like we're gonna have to beat that dog to death for going back to the tree but um he never did he know he know more about what was going on than what i did because he because re- hey,
0: he restruck right there where he treed at i mean re- that's where he re- struck
1: those old man told me something years ago. He said, that dog's got a nose you. You don't. You mind your business. and so Let that dog do his work. If he mm-hmm. needs correct,
2: and do it at the end, but don't try to second guess him when he's trying to work. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
4: Well, I, <laughs> I learned look. that that night.
2: But <laughs> I think once you experience a dog doing that, it's, it, is, uh, it is fun to watch. I mean, that's like we were at Blue Tick Days last year, and we had that first tree, and it, it happened within the first 30 seconds. You know, those dogs were all treed together. And we pulled off that tree, and our female, when we cut her, she didn't feel like she went 50 yards. And she just, she was already locked up again. And yep. we walked over and had another coon. And then there was a little walker female in there. She fell treed right behind. We treat three coons within probably uh, 150, 200 yard area. And it was just yep. fast, one right after the I other.
1: Treat, I treat I treat I and scored five of them one time within 150 yards.
2: But then, like you and said, I'll... though, if you walked away, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> but if you, yeah. if well, you led that dog off, you would miss those.
1: Yeah, well, that's what when, the, when I named, I treed one and I walked him. We had to walk back towards where we heard another dog run six on that struck dog for me to recut him. As soon as I recut him, he, he I started to do what the old fella got mad what he said a while ago. When I, as soon as I recut him to go straight ahead in front of me, he doubled back, went right back behind me, and I said, You idiot, don't you do it, don't you do it. <laughs> and he just went up there and just fell tree. I mean, just, and I was like, Miss missed um, some of gun. And I walked, we walked, and he was about 30 yards from his first tree, tree up a tree. I said, what are you doing? I looked up, there's a coon set up there. I said, okay. <laughs> I went, we, we walked about half that distance to recut him again. And, heck, dog struck. So he said, cut him. I cut him, and he went back and went right on the other side of the creek on the side of the hill and treated off. <laughs> I mean, I ended up, down tree two more after that. So by that point, you're turning in that direction and letting him do his magic. Yeah, at that point, I was like, well, you got to know. I'll tell you a story that happened to me one time, bear hunting. And I never, if I, I didn't have a shot, as back in the astro day before the shot, before I had a shot, collar on my dog, I didn't run to trunks no But now I'm glad I did. I treated a bear one night with two dogs called training. Treated it with two dogs, and I got in there, and I caught one of my dogs. I caught that hammer bit, that, that walker thing, and I caught her up. Well, when I was getting her tied back, that bear skinned that tree and come down that tree. And my plot dog, Forest, they took off and left out of there. And I said, God, because I, you know, it's like being that close to the light in the tunnel and getting your dogs back on at the early night. Here you go again off in the wild blue mountains again. Well, I walked, I walked, it was good half a mile back up yonder to the truck. And I climbed that mountain and got back up out of there, got that dog out of there, got that, put her in the truck. And I got to tracking. and that forest dog was making him about a mile looping through yonder. And the son to come running right back on the same exact track he had left out of there. And I could hear him just come into here and I'd be, oh, oh, come right down there and treat up that same exact tree he was in. And I stayed up there for 45 minutes hollering and cussing and hollering and hollering and hollering, trying to holler him out. because I thought he just got lost the bear and did something stupid and backtracked him all the way back to the tree he was in. And I finally broke me a limb about the size of my wrist and I was going to go in there and just beat the fool out of this dog. <laughs> On my way in there, I looked up and that bear was sitting back up that tree again.
3: <laughs>
1: and I said, "Okay, I'm glad I didn't." You know, and so I always tried to give the dogs the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they, you know, they know a lot more than I do
2: about what they do. So. I, I think uh, a lot of times we we don't give them benefit of the doubt, and we probably act too fast and hastily exactly right. we, I, I do it I've done it numerous times I've watched it done with people I hunt with all my life it just happens uh Kyle's over here pointing at himself it, it we do though we oh just, I'm, we guilty. I'm guilty I'm guilty as
1: such I can't I can't hunt a it. puppy
2: with nothing but a T5 like yeah. yeah I don't have the patience for
1: it I have to make myself put a T5 on my puppy to honey mm-hmm. and because I, I know what's going to happen
2: I'm going to be getting you know <laughs> well that 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 would be kind of one of our questions that we were talking about some of the ideas and your thoughts on training, uh, and I think that's a you just hit on a, a, a very good point. Uh, shocking collars are something that are they're a blessing, they're a great thing, but they're also a used wrong. They can they can definitely set a dog back. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, what what's some of your your other uh, training methods and things that you would uh, tell the listeners out there to be doing when they're hunting with their buddies?
1: Oh, uh, I love Tom Broke dog, but there's a right and wrong way to do it and there's a right and place and wrong place to do it Agreed. preacher I about preacher if he wouldn't have been if he'd have been any other type of dog i'd have probably screwed him up because i you know i was hunting him in small areas where he couldn't go but about a mile and then i'd taunt him back i was yo-yoing him
3: mm-hmm.
1: sent him up there taunt him back and if it had been any other dog it probably screwed it up and he wouldn't you know it took the hunt out of him but i'm thankful that i learned my lesson and not what not to do and um, before i mess anything else up i don't recommend doing that i don't you know if i if i ain't got nowhere to turn a dog loose but a place 500 yards away where it can go or especially a young dog i'm just not gonna go hunt i mean it's you do more harm you do good by setting that pup up for failure or setting that dog up for failure you know right because we don't want them coming back. I don't want that dog to come back. When I unsnap you, you better be on a tree. I don't care where it is. Don't you show your face. Don't come within sight of me for the rest of the night unless you're on a tree. i, I You know it's going to be a bad night for you. I don't want to see. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm the same way. And it, and pleasure hunting. I mean, we all like that in a competition, and that's what we strive for is no return. There's there's a lot of long nights nice that goes into that, that. A lot of people don't know about.
1: If you gonna pleasure hunt with your buddies. You better find a different sport because when me and my buddies get together and we pleasure hunt competition-style dogs like we do, we all drive our own trucks.
3: <laughs> and
1: we all get there, and we talk, and we, you know, we talk, and we shoot the crap at the beginning of the hunt, and then pretty much it's I'll see y'all later on. How are y'all recutting off y'all's trees? Okay. Okay, if you recutting, we'll see. We'll meet back here about one o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and that's how it's going to be all night because all our dogs get split, and that's just part of hunting.
4: You made mention of a uh, loving a tone broke dog and doing it in the right circumstances and the right situations. Uh, I figure the as far as me thinking about it uh, would be in a yard like setting when the pup is really young. And he starts out, and he starts venturing away from you, seventy-five, eighty, a hundred yards. You call the dog back in, and uh, get him come, coming back in. Do you rubbing him, petting him, and give him a treat or something every now and then. When he gets yep. out there a little bit farther, and you hit that button when he comes back to you, praise him for coming back to you. Don't, you know, don't. And if it takes him a little bit to get get the notion of it, you don't get hard on him. But every time he comes back to you after you tone him. Praise him and and give him a treat and stuff like that. Sometimes we put a rope on them. That's right. Uh, and then when they you hit the tone button, then you can kind of bring them back to you, and then give them the treat, and they associate that with that tone button that it's not a bad thing. Some. Well, that's
1: exactly that's exactly right. I don't I don't mix no type of shocking with no type of tone. I've seen people tone tone shock shock tone tone, and I'm like, what are you doing? You screwing that? That dog don't know what to do. They don't know how to go up, down, left, so left, right. I like if you're gonna tone the dog, tone it. If you're gonna shock him, shock him. Like right. my dogs, shocking don't mean come back to me. Shock means you better find you a new zip code.
3: <laughs> you know, tone,
1: toning means ain't nothing. Wrong. I can tone Preacher, and he'll come back galloping up to me with his tail wagging and everything like that. Like all right, like, we're going. So where are we going now, Dad? You know, mm-hmm. we're going somewhere. I mean, I just never have toning. Just always just meant come here. If I turn a collar light on, that means change a different direction or if, if i turn if i shock you that means change you a zip code you know you're doing something real bad but
2: no, I, I think I, I think that's a good point though is if as a trainer and these guys uh out here hunting these dogs understanding how to use that collar the right way and like you said keeping those things separate uh on the dog keep them simple keep, and keep them separate yes exactly yep
4: well, he was hunting, uh with one of our buddies one time in ohio and uh he turned the collar light on on his dog, and that joker left the world. I yes, mean, sir. He went across four highways. We finally had to run him down, and he didn't know. He was just uh, uh, wanted to turn the light on and see what it done. And I'm telling you, when he turned that light on, he he, I guess he thought it was a UFO
0: following him or something. <laughs> I don't know. When you go three miles in northern Ohio and don't get struck in trees, yeah, something's up. Man, he was leaving the world.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know what happened with mine. Or how, how it tried, I can't take credit for it. It just kind of worked and fell in favor of work with a collar light. But I'd always turn it. When mine got close to a road or got ready to cross or get close to a road, I'd turn his collar light on. And somehow he taught himself that that meant to start hunting a different direction, away from the direction he was going. So if he's going toward a road, I could turn his collar light on and he'll start hunting away from the road going a different direction. That
2: pretty good,
3: <laughs> I don't know how he did it.
1: I can't take credit for that'cause i if I could do it, I'd do it a million times over again, but I don't know where to start as far as doing that but <laughs> I you know I just as always but when you know whenever they're getting close to the road, just turn the collar light
2: you know just something so somebody can see you know, yeah, well Johnny will remember though we had I had one uncle back that used to years ago Hunting with us all the time, and we would back then it was Tritronics collar, but we would take the collar. Uh, receiver unit away from him because he was dangerous. One he could ruin a good dog. <laughs> I mean, <it> was... <laughs> yeah, you know, I got a buddy. Of mine he used to hog hunt with, and he's
1: like, yeah, he didn't believe in shocking on anything less than eighteen. <laughs> That's about <laughs> the way my said, uncle was. He said, if you to do it, do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he would.
4: Uh, he was definitely hard on him. He would. uh He'd wait till they kicked out and then have to reshatter and go again.
1: <laughs> and you know, and you know, all dogs. Are, dogs are different. Like I got Francis preacher. Uh about ten's all you need to do on him. Nine or ten. That gets his point. And he he'll whoever a little bit and that that gets his attention real quick. That's all you need to do on ten. Now my puppy I've got <laughs> He could take a fifteen and keep on a rolling. <laughs> he don't mind I mean that that some to that's the hard head that's bound to turn. I've never seen a puppy in my life with a bunch of drive. Uh, <laughs> you know I don't know if it's the inbred coming out in him or what, but I mean, <laughs> can. But, he can pour the coal to
2: it. But I think you hit another thing there too: is is knowing the dog. What What is that in particular dog able to take? Uh, what, what kind right. of correction you got to do? Because they're all different.
0: Yeah, that's That's what sets right. good trainers apart from great trainers. Mm-hmm. That right there. It's like
2: people, they they not. They ain't one of them just alike. No, I ain't. Ain't. every one of us got multiple kids. You don't. Uh, you don't approach every situation on every kid's exact same way because it don't work. I
0: ain't got no kids.
2: Well, and in do- those of and, us and that do. <laughs> and
1: dogs are smarter than you give them credit for. A lot of people. That's what I can't stand. People saying, ah, it's just a dog." It's, just, it's a lot more a dog. That dog's smart Smarter than you think it is. The more time you fool with that dog, the smarter he's going to be. Some
2: of them. They are. Like yeah. a,
1: it's like a horse. So you know, there's a lot of horses that smart. There's some horses that's just. Lord, that was, some horses they see you come, they can smell you coming out the house. And they'll come up after you put the halter on. Yeah, some horses you got to spend half a day running them through a pasture trying to get them. You know, what
2: I'm saying? <laughs> you're right though, and that's like my and and I'm I'm getting I guess soft and partial in my old age. That little our little punch female, she's kind of my baby, and uh, yeah, we had that week-long zero degree weather here and i, I was going to bring her in the house all the rest of the dogs well I mean, we got good kennels i mean everything's in the right. buildings but i brought her in the house in the basement set her a pen up dog's never been in the house a day in her life to live and she stayed in here what was it johnny i said four days yeah never well, five days. never one time used a bathroom in the house uh, i'd yep. walk downstairs she'd be sitting there waiting on me i'd i'd open the gate to the kennel she would run to the door Wait for me to put the leash on. Would go outside. She'd use the bathroom, and then she'd drag me back to the house. I mean, they're, they're ready to they're, get back yeah, in there. they're they're smarter than than we give them credit. Yes, sir, they are.
4: They are, and a lot of it has to do with the bond you got with the dog. Also, uh, I think a lot of people overlook that. Just, some dogs can flip flop trainers. Some dogs cannot flip flop trainers. Some dogs can flip flop handlers, and some can't. Right. Uh, but a lot of dogs, some a lot of dogs have to have a bond with you to for you to get the best out of them. They're gonna have to. Like a, oh, uh, Kurt Kurt Aaron said one time. He said he wants the dog to look him in the eyes yep. when he's talking to him. And uh, yes, sir. Some dogs have to have that.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, preacher, I, he's never been unsnapped by another human being. You know, he's the only time he's ever spent a night away from my kennel is at the vet's office. And so it's, I don't know how he'd act with other people handling him. And that Blueberry, I sent him, My buddy bought him for a couple of months. And I ended up buying him back because Blueberry just – no, no, he's a one-man dog. He's not. No, sir.
2: <laughs> and, and I, I think there's a lot of dogs that are like that, that uh, they're actually a really good dog, but they just, they're just they not going to perform for somebody because you're daddy. Uh, you, yeah. Like you said a minute ago, it's, you're, you're, you're the one he's looking to.
1: I thought we was going to have to get him a Blueberry on some anxiety medicine <laughs> or
2: whatever else. He, <laughs> he just got all depressed and went – you know what i saying? where are we heading next, Kyle what, what else? Well I liked
0: there? how when he talked on his uh, training methods with preacher and stuff, so and preacher, everybody knows who preacher man is. Well known dog. Done a lot of done a lot of winning and stuff, and you've your training methods they've worked. And uh and one of them ways we know they worked is your accomplishments with him. So kinda just touch on a little bit of uh what all preachers won.
1: Well, I've placed second at the Peach Classic of Georgia. Um fourth at the Georgia State. Um that was in his in his younger years. I've I made it to the TOC finals every year. Double cast wins to the zones every year at the TOK, at the TOC. Uh the world hunt I've qualified him for every year for the for the World Hunt. Went through the zones. Um was in the finals in Dyersburg and then obviously I was the finals this year up in Mount Gilead, Ohio. Um a uh, single cast. I made it through a single cast win on the zones when Kyle you was there. Yeah, I mean, I, I skinned by them zones like with the skin of my teeth. I had to. I was I was the bottom
2: of the tier. <laughs> I was the cutoff.
0: <laughs> Went from the bottom and then you made it to the finals.
2: Yeah, and, and that and we. I know we were talking off air there just a few minutes, and uh, you was like, "Well, he's not won no bunch of stuff yet." Well, yeah, he has, but it's one of those. Uh, that's a pretty big deal when you you make it through, and he's he's always right there at the very end. I mean, he's made it to the to the you're getting to the final fours of these hunts, and that's not very many people that's decides they're going. Yeah, if they're going to competition, oh, hunt, I, they're not going to get that far just with an average dog.
1: No, and that's what um. Ah, uh, we we talk about this. I mean, it's like I try to tell a lot of people to try to run up a big score on a bucket dog, or for that these hunts, you know, trying to run up a big score. I told them, uh, you know, it's not going to get you nowhere. That's, that's true. Because uh, when you get when you get up there, mm-hmm. them all them dogs are good. When you get to the top hunter, and you you have whittled down the zones, and you get to the top hunter, all them dogs are tree of coon. all them dogs are tree of coon by themselves. All them dogs are good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, I like, like how you touch on that because them bucket dogs, they're just looking to run up scores. And especially like when you get the top 100, UKC's went to full elimination style. That's how it is in PKC and pro sport. You're not looking for just as such as high score dogs. You're looking for cash win dogs. That's right.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm sitting here looking at scores uh, and, and let's just say we're at the, in the finals at the world and you beat me with two coons. and, And like you said, we're all packing coon dogs. We get to there. I, I take more of that dog of yours that beat me on them two coons than I would of somebody that beat me on their home turf on a 10 buckets they had lined up, and that dog's hunted them every night for the past six six weeks. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, you beat, sir, me with, you sure. beat me with a coon dog.
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing yeah. is, too, is people don't see what goes into these casts, especially when you get in these finals and stuff. They look, well, that dog, like we go back to these people hunt these buckets, they like, well, my dog scored 700 in 90 minutes, and them dogs are in the finals of the hunt, and they got in with 200-plus. But what they don't look at is – you got dogs split miles in all directions. Your dog didn't yep. have a chance to no. run up no scores. No,
1: we're not most. It's like you know, in most of the hunt, we walk ourselves to death for two hours. Each of them dogs, it's like in the world hunt, like the world finals between me, Cookie, and Mike Nisley's dog that a uh, bush, the bush bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we all three I think Cody, Cody might have made three trees. I think we all three made two trees apiece. And that's that was it. But they was spread out and everything like that. That by the chance, what time you get done scoring everybody's two trees a or three trees, the hunt's over with.
2: Right. And, and that, that's you, that you, was you. the easiest hunt I ever did. I sat on my couch and watched every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know what? I had you I'll on the big screen.
1: Honestly, that's <laughs> the easiest cast I've ever been on in my life. As the best cast, the easiest cast, the most non-nerve rack i've been more nervous at rqes and zone i hate zones like that's the biggest cutthroat zone hunts there are is trying to get through regionals and zones mm-hmm. i mean that sucks but that final was just ever because that you know you either want to win in first second or third everybody's dog's good mm-hmm. you got not two or three or four non-hunting uh judges you got an awesome place to guide you ain't got to worry about nothing it's just all in who's lucky and right, how the cards fall, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just, and that's what I think. Eighty percent of these hunts are is luck. I mean, if your dog takes the left and mine takes the right, like I said, yours finds two coons up a holler and mine goes a mile finds one. You're winning that night.
2: Yeah, you've already that you're right there. You've already done all the work to get to that final forecast. Might as well yeah. go out there and just enjoy it because your dog's done beat. What do you, what was it? uh Trevor said when he put that together, three thousand something dogs attempted for that this past year, and uh, we were all happy to get in and get get the trip there. But you made it to the final four of of three thousand something dogs that had a, had tried for that. So everybody had that same intention.
1: Yep, uh, and um, you know, you mm-hmm. can't take, take away not like you know the, the rest of those guys. when well, I mean, you get know, up that level, they're all awesome. Like I had the opportunity on late round that night. I hunt, got to hunt with Steph and Lamb, which is a, Awesome, awesome dog handler. He is a dog man. Always have phenomenal muscle man. Just had phenomenal, phenomenal dogs. Scott Ingalls on that cast, you know. He don't, he don't need no reputation for the <laughs> dogs he's on. You know, he's. A, I mean, it's ridiculous. He's Mr. Bojo. Mm-hmm. and um, all the, the the people that you get a chance to meet, the dog handler. That, that's what makes it all cool. And, yeah, you know, I wouldn't trade a single cast uh, <laughs> other than my buddy. He played. He ended up winning second at Southeastern Tree and Walker Days, but my buddy Jason, Jason Roberts, I got to give him a shout out. I me and him drew each other on the first night of the World Zones, and um, you know we've gotten down through there, and I I had one tune and I was winning. They wasn't nothing close to it. so I I wasn't gonna you know I'm not greedy and I wasn't gonna gamble. And for some reason, I was thinking there was less than five minutes left in the hunt. And we, uh, I was thinking, I was like, I think like four minutes and 50 seconds left, I think it was. And he's like, hey, he's a preacher's treat over there. I? And I said, yep, yeah, the stationary can't catch me. He said, actually, there's six minutes and 40 seconds left in the hunting stationary just started.
3: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: so I got to give him a huge shot. <laughs> so I treated him, he had another cone. But that put me at 350, and that was the cutoff to get through the <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: So good. We talked about that, though, in our uh podcast with, uh, Mark, uh, you'll sometimes you're going to do your best performances when you're under pressure. Cause you probably wouldn't have treated him if you knew for a fact, you didn't have to.
1: Oh, without a shadow of doubt, I wouldn't go on, <laughs> wouldn't going to exactly. Go to. I may never attempt to stop and let that time run down as much as I let <laughs> that as
4: as <laughs> fall stop over log.
1: Yeah. Me and him get up to the finals together and we're sitting there and we're, you know, we're talk we're standing in line to get our pitch took or draw our cast. And I'd be dang, if the first round of the finals, we didn't draw each other again. <laughs> and I looked at him, and he said, well, last time was your time.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you uh,
4: think there's a different level of, uh, I, I, and I'm I, I pretty sure I know the answer to this question before we get to before we get to it, a uh, different level of professionalism when you get in the top 100. Oh, yes. Versus sir. the, and I – but fighting over a 72 dollar pkc hunt or a 25 dollar ukc hunt
2: well, it okay, is. I, okay now uh, take take a take a quick break before you answer that we we've got the chatting and it's already time for another commercial break so we'll hold that hold hold that thought yeah cliffhanger and you're coming right back to it
5: <laughs> dakota lot company owned by hoop and tater franklin located in teleco plains tennessee with the newest addition to their lineup, the Dakota Express. This light features the industry leading true dual battery pack cap light. Switching from battery one to battery two is a simple flip of a switch. Contact Dakota Lights for their complete light selection. All of their lights are known for dependability and extreme battery life. Their direct business number is 423261. 2551. Dakota Lots, great lots, and even greater customer service. Dillon's Electric Company, owned by Ricky Dillon. Located in Crossfield, Tennessee. Dillon's Electric offers a wide range of electrical service, from small jobs to large expansions, from new construction to electrical repairs, Give Ricky a call at 931-287-4761 Dillon's Electric a quality you can always trust.
0: Alright we're back Uh, Johnny where
4: was was we at on that one? I just asked about the different level of professionalism when you hit the top 100 of the UKC world or the TOC and you get deep in that uh, there's a lot of uh, different level of professionalism versus the $35 or $25 UKC hunt around home because I've been in, I mean, some of them guys is cutthroat. I mean, that's just what it is. Well, we exact- do have some good ones too also, though.
1: Mr. Johnny, you're exactly right because my little boy don't care one thing about too much going to a competition hunting obviously other than a youth youth hunt because the $25 hunts and the stuff that you hear people trying to do on a 25, that's, that's kind of ruined him from wanting to be in them open events and everything like that. I mean, it's just, it is what it is where you're going to, you're going to have that one bad apple. that's going to ruin a barrel. It's going to try to ruin a barrel. And you know, you know, everybody knows who they are when they show up to a club, you're like, gosh, this person's giving me a headache. You know, it's, it's, one, that person's aggravated. you, And it ain't, and it's, it's a silent majority. It's, it's just one or two people that maybe show up to a hunt and they're, they cause problems. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, they don't have a dog worth worth do anything, and they just trying to fill in the gaps to make their dog to make that they want to win the cast instead of letting their dog win the cast.
0: And knowing just and enough of the rules to be dangerous.
1: That's exactly right, and that's why I've t- i tell everybody like the T O C at the finals in in Greencastle, That's the best hunt I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it's so much when you get a, and even the finals of the world hunt the same way. You got. You got a, a non-hunting judge, you got non-hunting guides, You
0: that's the pressure's going right yeah, there. Qualified judges.
1: Yeah, qualified judges. Good yeah. judges. They yeah. know the rules. Um, Cody Carter, the one that won the world hunt, he judged me in the head-to-head round against Crowder on the TSC. I mean, he was my judge for you know the, us. These guys know what they're doing. The judges are there for a reason. They're awesome. And I love the way UKC and PKC do, does that. The non-hunting side of it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, what else can you do? You got to do other than worrying about having other than having fun and calling your dog. That's mm-hmm. all
0: you need to worry about. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like how you said that. And one thing I like to say is there's nothing better than a good non-hunting judge in there, but there's nothing worse than a bad one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, ain't that? <laughs> We've been there. <laughs>
2: but you know, for for the people that's been listening to this podcast, you know, that's one of the things we wanted is we would like to, you know, we want to promote the sport for for younger kids. And what you just hit on, Caleb, is exactly what happens at these, these hunts. These you, you just get that headache when they show up. But those are the hunts where we pretty much start yeah. these kids. And that's, and that's what we have to do. We have to take them to the local hunts. And it's really it's a shame that you have to, to deal with that on these kids because they shouldn't have that kind of pressure when we're trying to get somebody out there to go on a hunt and then somebody my age out there trying to screw them over because, like I said, I'm not packing a, a good dog and I'm trying to fill the gaps in for them. That's right yeah i like how um, you
0: said about the one bad apple spoils the whole uh whole pot and that's the thing is there's five percent bad in this sport and 95 percent good and everybody looks at the five percent that's bad and it ruins the 95
1: mm-hmm. that's exactly right that's exactly right and you know honesty goes a long way in this sport and it's hard to. and i've caught i've done this uh, and it's it ain't been too awful long ago many months ago this guy was being a pain on the cast I mean, he was being a pain, and he had done made me mad, <laughs> and I'd done, I'd done swore I said, "All right," and i done got to the point where I was, like, I was just like, "Look, I'm not gonna put up with this. I'm gonna send you home." And he to his dog, tree up a little tree, and I looked up, and that coon was sitting flush on the side of that tree, and he just got looked up at that tree, gave it two glances. Well, he went to cussing his dog. He said. Fine, I'm I'm satisfied with going my and and I I looked down at that scorecard and I looked down and I said Nah Karma I ain't gonna let Karma get you <laughs> no. you know I ain't gonna I, I, I said come here buddy I said I said you've been a jerk all night you know <laughs> I thought I said you been I didn't use the word jerk I used other words I said <laughs> <laughs> I said there's your coon right there I said now you remember this.
2: but you know that that could change his mentality i mean because he's going in there thinking everybody's going to cheat me so i'm going to be be the first one to do it to them and 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 somebody's treating them fair it's okay maybe you'll settle down a notch yeah i like how you said
0: when he's talking about everybody cheating him that's the big thing is people coming into this to the cast with that mentality when people go into the cast thinking i'm gonna get cheated first little bitty thing that goes wrong they think they're getting cheated
3: mm-hmm. that's
1: exactly right you, you hit the nail on the head there mm-hmm. a majority of people that'll or say i got cheated you'll hear one side of the story
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they'll paint they'll paint at this I, I did this as a what really happened was
2: you cheated yourself yes yep. now, how you know many how many hunts have you went to caleb that you spent the whole week before thinking how you was going to cheat somebody never never never, <laughs> never and that's not what we're going for you you're going because you got a dog that you you got enough confidence that you think he can win and you're I gonna take that. him and you expect it and you really I should expect everybody else that's there is thinking the same way and let's just go see which dog wins that night that's
1: right that's exactly right and um you know if it ain't it's either your not or it ain't your not if it ain't my nine I'll withdraw and get out of your way and you can pour it to him and if like that And, um That's another thing. Never mind. We ain't going to get into what what the irritating things are. (laughs) If you're beat by 300 and something plus, and there's 15, 20 minutes left to go, 15 minutes left to
0: go in that hunt. And
2: they make you recall. Exactly. (laughs) Don't make me recall. Well, I was was thinking the same things, and I I wasn't in on the hunt, but it's Kyle's Kyle's dog Johnny was handling. It was that same situation. They had the opportunity at a big hunt to win overall high-scoring female with, like, three nights of cast wins. and There's no way to get beat, but yet somebody won't step out of the way. Not, not even necessarily intentional. Sometimes we don't even think, and you'll sit back and it's like, man, I should have done that because that, there wasn't a way I could have come out on this one, but people does it every time.
1: I did that to a buddy of mine over here, lives across the line over here, and one night I, I made a bad call, took a minus call, then retrieved really my dog in, and with a coon, that still put me at zero.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: um what i took minus four and i treated my dog in with like 15 minutes left to go on the hunt which would only put me at zero mm-hmm. and it took us 30 minutes to get to him walking through the god office briar thicket and right about the time we got through that briar thicket and i got to him i looked up and i, I looked at him i said i gotta buy you off a house tonight I was, he said what are you talking about i was because like, i couldn't win no way i said i should have never i said i made a bad call and treated my dog i should have never done that i said i couldn't have won no way i said "I i gotta buy you waffle i was, not. I was like cause i'm sorry you had to walk through this blackberry ticket with me
2: yeah exactly i, I and i am I'm, I'm thinking back on times when we because you i want to say that i've done people right when we when we go on them hunts because i don't want to be the one that people dread seeing and i I, I had one, one night we had – it was back years ago. We had hoss, and we were almost done to grand It was a local hunt. And and I, I made a bad call and got some minus, and then he got right and went on down and done what he was supposed to. And I looked at the other boy, and I said, when your dog trees, you tree your dog because I cannot beat you. I've done messed up. I said, you will win your cast right here, and you'll, you'll finish your dog grand night tonight if you'll do that. And we should do that. Uh, be sportsman about it. Yep. That's exactly
3: right.
1: Um, But what Johnny, I think, hit on a while ago, we was talking about, like, training. And I mentioned it a little bit before we went to a break or when we was in a break. There's a little spot of heaven down on the Mississippi Delta.
3: <laughs>
1: everybody knows. I'm not going to speak too much of it because, you know, you just you got to know for yourself. And, if you know, if you're anywhere in this country, you could not know. Everybody knows where I'm talking about across that river. Mm-hmm but you really want to pull and work on some pulling and sending cause like where I live at, it's hard to do a lot of pulling and sending. I mean, you're gutted by the time you get to the first tree, you really don't want to go twice that. <laughs> and so yeah, you can go down there and i stay down there two weeks every year. And, um, I know a lot of people can't do that or whatever else, but you, if you ever get the opportunity, you got a young dog and you really want to work a few days of shooting them coons out and pulling and sending and everything like that, it can make a world of difference cause it, that's where I really fine-tuned my dog to kind of win, so to speak, and it helped him a lot. So I'd recommend that place to anybody anywhere in the country.
0: And I believe all of our listeners would exactly know exactly what you're talking about. It's
2: a very intriguing <laughs> place, and and, uh, <laughs> and as long as we've hunted, uh, none of us sitting at this table have ever got to no. experience it. But we we are definitely planning on it this year. We're heading. That's I talked to Kyle.
1: I talked to Kyle <laughs> in the winter class, and I was like. I'm like well I'll send you the name when we go to reserve cabins, I'll send you the name up. We'll just have a we'll have a family get together guy.
3: <laughs> <Hey, we're laughs> Sounds like a it. plan. We're all for
2: it.
4: We called uh, we uh some of the blue tick guys know this name, Phil Davis. We told talk, was talking and Jason was coming home uh yes, sir. from Sevierville yeah. the other day. We uh and I called Phil and was talking to him about this about that place and doing this and doing that and I said, Well I'd I'd like to come and hunt for three or four nights and he said, Well That'll be fine. He said he's going to spend a little time with his daughter and uh, call him back and talk to him about it. But uh, I think I'm pretty well for sure that I'm going to go the first time this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we'll all work this out because I'm excited I about can, this trip. I can show Mr. Johnny video and I could convince you
1: 100% you would want to be there. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, you could drive a side by side through the woods to the tree. It's so open.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be that would be unreal and like i said hopefully this year good lord willing we'll get to get to do this One hundred eighty thousand acres of it man. that's crazy that's a lot of land
1: that's Dude. it is pretty uh, in any direction you want to go to and the roads that are around are dirt i mean just that'd be that'd be nice
0: coon hunters paradise
1: oh man and then they, they in there too buddy i'm tra- at first night i treat 17 by nine thirty. Singles. Singles. I <laughs> w I don't know how many buku or like uh, two or three because I wasn't shooting them out to anything but blueberry and my puppy. And I'm they was all cause my puppy was he was like four months old at the time. So they was all getting treated together, pretty much. And blueberry, he you know, he he will treat he loves treating with preacher and that puppy was in there. So unless they that puppy or blueberry was splitting off by themselves getting treated, I wouldn't shoot coons out. I mean, I was just pulling and sending. And I mean they was it's ridiculous
2: yeah because it take it take a long time to do 17 like i said here at the house uh like you said you can do a lot of work quick
4: it take nine nights
2: (laughs) i'll burn it you're burning a light dead by one o'clock in the morning wow (laughs)
3: yes yes
1: i didn't do that this year because i invested in me a thermal (laughs) them 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 big oak trees they eat up a lot of shine light
2: yeah well good deal
0: You just just turned your light on, it's time to shoot.
2: Yep, that's right.
0: We are inching a little over an hour right now, but uh, I want to touch on this one more thing before we close this thing out. We'd like to, i like, for me, I'd like to ask you, what would be your most memorable competition hunt that you've ever had a preacher?
1: My little boy hunted, as soon as we got back from the TOC, we hunted a youth hunt. And um, I stayed back away from the cast. And I just let them roll out there. And my little boy, he's 13. And he took Preacher. And Preacher performed the best I've ever seen him perform in any hunt that I've ever had. And I I lied earlier. I said I was on the one ever unsnapped him. My little boy's unsnapped him three times in three youth hunts. One, two, lost one. But Preacher looked the best on that. And I was so proud. My little boy, he's got a bright eyes light. He's got a microfusion. He's got a, a heat seeker. He's got a a Hellcat. He's got all sorts, but he won this light, and it it ain't one of those names, but that's all he'll use, because he wanted, that's his light, and he wanted him a Tier 1 Custom Squalor and a big trophy, and that was probably the proudest month, because I didn't have nothing to do with it. I was away from the cast. I just let them, they hunted on strange ground, because I've never guided a single hunt I've ever been on in my life. Like, I, I don't, I do not got it. I refuse to got I had one bad experience where I almost got it, and I said, I'll never do this again. And so it's all strange ground to me. I may have hunted there a time or two on other casts, but it's nothing's it's mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so just to watch them go in there and do that, my little boy call him right every time and stay out of trouble and just do that, that's my most memorable hunt. I, I've, I've won a little bit here and there, and I, you know that's beside the point i can take wins and take losses as good as anybody but when you see a kid does it in this generation we're going up in when, when they out there in the woods doing that that's what
2: it's all about right there now absolutely
0: sounds like a hunt for the books to me
2: mm-hmm.
0: well Kevin, we all appreciate you sitting down with us i was looking forward to this one i know when you've been talking for a while we're good friends and everything we been trying to get this thing lined out and finally was able to do it and uh we appreciate you spending the time with us and letting us interview you.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was, I'm looking forward to it. Y'all just keep in mind about November the
2: 16th or December the first. We'll, we'll buy we'll buy you dinner one of those nights.
0: Yeah, I'll roast your hot dog on the fire. I'll
2: we'll buy be, you, I'll buy you dinner.
0: We'll be we'll be a grilling out
1: there, don't we? Just don't we make, south you to north you, whichever one you want to go. We may uh,
4: I got a little old smoker. I make a I make some pretty good barbecue. Oh, I'm liable to bring it with
2: us. Johnny's a pretty good cook. <laughs> Is he? Well, he's actually. I, we, we got these lakes here. We're always at the lake, and Johnny's get rich idea last year, and it probably would work. He was wanting to go buy a pontoon boat, strip that thing down. Put his smoker on it and make him a floating restaurant to go and sell barbecue at the you lake. Make a kill it. He, he, wow! But he's good enough to do that. I mean, Johnny's a pretty good pitman. Oh yeah, we we spent a lot of time on that one. I think well, he was I'm a fan of eating. Well, we are too. So we'll. I we'll gained forty three the...
1: pounds in three years. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably
4: uh, I, a, I probably got probably got some walleyes
0: in the freezer too
2: oh lord i love wildlife yeah yeah that's he does and then johnny's pretty good cook you- so we'll
0: go hunting while johnny stays at the cabin <laughs> chef johnny stays at the cabin no that, <laughs> that
4: ain't gonna work <laughs> no i cook during the day we hunt of night
2: that's right okay.
3: that's right
0: <laughs> <laughs> only fair
2: <laughs> but yeah thoroughly enjoyed it yeah, yeah. yes sir we appreciate,
0: we appreciate it, your time yes sir thank y'all i
1: enjoyed it y'all be safe now
0: all right buddy good talking to you right.
1: See you too buddy yeah.
0: coon hunting media Proudly sponsored by Little Team squallers All ready? Yeah. Go ahead. I hey, got him. Them are the words every competition hunter loves to hear. You're winning, Coon has just been found. Little T Squalers, owned and designed by Tim Tempton has set the bar for high quality, dependable, and unmatched performance. From pleasure hunters to extreme competitors, he covers it all with his five elite models. The original Little T, the Triple Threat, the Double Shot, the Pro Series, and the nearly designed Bell Ringer. If you want to enter the woods with confidence, contact his office at 423-562-5333 and become
2: Elite. In addition to our official sponsors, we would also like to thank the following sponsors. Secret City Kennels. The kennel is owned by Mr. Mark Gettner and Mr. Wendell Jones. At Secret City Kennels, They support the English Coonhound breed. They have English Coonhounds for sale from time to time. Contact Mark or Wendell for all your English needs. They are available for your English Coonhound advice and are happy to answer your questions. These guys have done their fair share of winning in the comp events, including wins at the PKC Labor Day Classic, fifth place overall in the UKC World Hunt, ninth place in the AKC, world hunt. English days, winter classics, and the list goes on and on. Mark is the current PKC English Coonhound president. Give either of these guys a call. They will be glad to talk with you. Their numbers are Mark at 931- 787- 2784 or Wendell at 865- 748- 7795. They are located in Kingston, Tennessee and Coalfield, Tennessee.
5: Saddle Up K9 Cryo is owned by Mr. Bill Scheninger. Bill is located in Delta, Ohio. Don't miss out on the opportunity to keep that special stud dog forever. His services include semen collection, freezing, side-by-side shipping, and semen storage. Bill is also the owner of one of the best known plot kennels in the country, Saddle Up Plots. Saddle Up Plots is home to UKC PKC, AKC, WTDA, Grand Knight Champion, PR Saddle Up Lazarus. Lazarus accomplished the following accolades in 2021. He was UKC World Champ Plot, Plot Days Isaiah Kid winner, Purina Breed winner, Autumn Oaks Breed Champion, APA Breed Days winner. Fresh Chilled and Frozen Semen is available. Contact Bill directly for all pricing and services information for K9 Cryo and Saddle Up Plot. Bill's phone number is 419-467-7689. Saddle up plots. Making plots rise again.